Welcome to the iCrush Barbecue Show. I'm your host, Abe Delgado. For the past eight weeks, I've interviewed some of the best Tex-Mex barbecue joints for our Tex-Mex barbecue series. This week's episode will conclude our series, and we're definitely ending with a bang. In our final episode of the series, I chat with the OG of Tex-Mex barbecue, Miguel Vidal of Valentina's Tex-Mex barbecue. This is easily one of my favorite interviews since I started the podcast. I'd never heard of a Tex-Mex barbecue joint until I ran across Valentina's a few years back. The smell of mesquite, the fluffy tortillas, the beans, the fresh salsa, the smashed avocado with salt, the beautiful slices of brisket. Heck, everything Valentina's offers reminds me of my upbringing in West Texas. Miguel grew up in San Antonio, Texas and worked in the restaurant industry from an early age. He was a very talented soccer player that aspired to be a professional, but a knee injury caused him to trade the pitch for a lot filled with barbecue pits and picnic tables. This is an inspiring rags-to-riches story that only keeps getting better. I hope you enjoy the story. This is Miguel Vidal with Valentina's Tex-Mex Barbecue. Alrighty, I'm sitting here talking to the OG of Tex-Mex Barbecue. How could you have a Tex-Mex Barbecue series without including this guy? Miguel Vidal, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me, brother. Thanks for having me, man. Glad to be here. So I've been doing this Tex-Mex Barbecue series for the last... I don't know, seven, eight shows, and I had to finish off with you because I grew up Tex-Mex. My parents are from Mexico, and I grew up in Abilene, West Texas, and Tex-Mex was a big part of my life. So tortillas with brisket and with really with anything, my mom cooked awesome food. Being in Austin, I remember in 2015, you were set up at or, or right behind the Star Bar, and I remember going there, eating your food. And I have some pictures I have to post up. But, man, you've been at this for quite a while. Yeah, we uh, well, we opened up in 2013, two weeks before South by Southwest, right there behind Star Bar. Oh, and, wow. Uh, so I think you came right on the tail end of us being, being downtown. You know, I never wanted Valentina's to be a downtown or late night location. But that's kind of what I fell into in the very beginning. That was... I used to run a restaurant right down, right there behind Starbar called Ranch 616 for a long time. <clears throat> so I kind of didn't really fall into the spot, but my, you know, I had my ears to the ground and I knew kind of where I was kind of trying to go. And so I ended up getting the spot by Starbar, thanks to uh, Kevin Williamson and Matt Lucky. And, uh, you know, I opened up with the promise that I was going to be there when the bar was open and I was going to be able to serve some, you know, delicious food that would keep the people hanging out. But the idea was always to be a destination location restaurant with a family atmosphere where people could come and chill out and be able to get some home-cooked food that would represent my family and the Tejanos and something that I felt that had, you know, like, I, you know, I didn't invent this type of cuisine, but I felt that there wasn't a restaurant out there representing the way that you would get it at your abuelitos or abuelitas or your tios or tias or your, you know, your your mom's house or dad's house in the backyard and coming with the professionalism of 
the culinary industry and trying to pump out quality food. And uh, it had been a dream of mine for a long time to represent where I was from. I guess, you know, when I was 23 years old is when I probably fell in love with food and realized I was pretty good at proteins. I was uh, actually down in Miami at the time. Prior to barbecue, I wanted to play professional soccer, so I was kind of trying that route, playing semi-pro and stuff like that. But I fell in love with food or realized I was good at it when I was down in Miami. And uh, when I moved back to Austin, I made up my mind after a, a knee injury that really was like, well, it's you're a little too old to keep trying this. You know, if you're not making it by 23, then what else are you going to do? And mm-hmm. uh, I ended up meeting my wife that summer. We had our, you know, we ended up getting married. I had a kid. And I started writing down in the notebook all the things that I had, uh, you know, what I wanted to do and my ideas. So Valentino's was in the making for a good seven to nine years prior to opening. Um, I started really trying to hone my craft by competing against my father and trying to produce grilled or smoked chicken or fajitas and then moving on to ribs and brisket to be better than what my father was making. So (laughs) I would take all my knowledge. I've worked in restaurants since I was 15 and Mm -hmm. I've taken all my knowledge of the restaurants and applied, you know, I was doing stupid stuff in the beginning. You know, I was, any kind of way to smoke meat or techniques that were good and bad. I was doing them all and applying everything I learned in the culinary world and kind of like sometimes stuff was very simple or sometimes it was like way over the top and too much. But it was all to, you know, kind of see what I could do, push the limits, play around, trial and error. And then, you know, hey, dad, try this. This Let's cook this today. See who's this better, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I guess one one thing led to another as I started getting better and uh, we ended up opening Valentina's. But uh, yeah, the, it's crazy because the idea coming from being at Ranch 616 for so long and working in upscale and fine dining restaurants pr- prior and in between there, <clears throat> the first idea for Valentina's was a kind of like a smaller restaurant, maybe the you know the size of Ranch 616 or like what Lambert's barbecue would be. Mm-hmm. And for it to be a sit-down place that was more focused on Mexican and Mexican-American dishes with smoke and barbecue influence. So, mm-hmm. like, the ideas of having, like, uh, fideo with smoked beef tenderloin and roasted veggies and tricolored roasted potatoes with some refried beans was an idea for an entree. Uh, puffy tacos with sliced brisket with cremas and stuff on it was an idea for an entree smoked shrimp cocktail still stuff like that those were like some of the beginnings of the of the menu and there was only really brisket was only featured really like maybe on enchiladas and uh, a sliced brisket taco mm-hmm. and uh that's what that was the beginning of it you know but doing different things with roasted chicken and chiles and stuff like that so that was the beginning of it. I remember going home one day to San Antonio and, you know, my dad had made a brisket. He had grilled some half half chickens and maybe made a rack of ribs or something like that. And I know my mom had made enchiladas. And then on the side, you know, you have homemade flour tortillas because that's the way San Antonio rolls. And some aguacate. My mom always just smashes it with a fork, a little bit of salt, and that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... uh 
she had some beans and rice, you know. So I'm sitting there looking at the food, my dad barbecued, I'm eating. And I just, you know, get a tortilla, a little slice of brisket, some avocado there, and a little salsa. And I'm like eating, I'm looking, I'm like, man, this is it right here, man. I'm, go- I'm going to, I'm thinking too much. I go, this is what needs to be represented, you know. I mean, it's yeah. crazy, right? Because, like, when you think, you know, I, I'm like uh, fourth generation Texan, man. Like, my grandmother's from Eagle Pass. She doesn't speak any English. Or she didn't. She, she, God rest her soul, she passed away. Mm-hmm. But she was a migrant farmer from Eagle Pass, worked from here all the way through Michigan doing cotton and grapes, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, my, uh, my mom's side, they spoke half English, half Spanish. They did the Spanglish all the time. My, my grandmother spoke nothing but Spanish, but she was born in Texas. And, uh, you know, taking, like, those ideas and representing that culture and the food was, like, where it hit me when I was eating at my father's house. Like, it has to be simple. It has to be what is represented in the backyards because I feel that there's, like, so much delicious flavor and, and, and feeling going on that needs to be brought to like the people to everybody to be shared in in a, in a restaurant setting you know so that was kind of the beginning of that and you know for someone like me that's what we're looking for i i grew up with the same thing you just mentioned you know and the with the aguacate being smashed with the fork a little bit of salt um you throw it on a on a tortilla with a piece of protein uh whatever kind of meat it is and then throw some chile on it and and that was your taco you know and so eating at your place takes you back to that backyard and it's like um the first time i ever went and saw those fluffy tortillas and the salsa on the table and i'm like oh my god this is like if i was to open up a restaurant you know or if i want if i ever dreamed of something like that this is what it would be and and you're bringing that to people like us. And and now this whole movement of Tex-Mex barbecue is everywhere. I mean, you see people throwing uh, tacos and they're and they're throwing all kinds of uh, Tex-Mex dishes on their menus, and it's just awesome, man. It's incredible. Yeah, man. I mean, I I'm, I feel pretty stoked about it. I like to think that I had a little bit to do with that, you know. Oh yeah. And uh, I think it's I think it's really cool, you know. In the beginning. I wanted to make sure when I named Valentina's and I chose the name, I only had two children at the time and uh, we weren't supposed to have a third, but God bless us with a third one, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the, the restaurant was named after our youngest daughter and the idea was to name it after her. She, you know, Valentina, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a strong name, but yeah, she's a baby. So I wanted to nourish and take care of this place like the mm-hmm. youngest of the family. So that's why we gave it the name for Val, uh, after our youngest daughter at the time. But I researched and looked around to see who had Tex-Mex barbecue in their name, you know. Mm-hmm. And there was no one. I couldn't find anything. I was like, I, if I, I'm going to name it Valentina's Tex-Mex barbecue. I want to make sure that I'm going to come correct and represent and try and do something. I feel that it's not being represented now. Whether, you know, you have small places here and there. Maybe it had a brisket taco on the menu or they had some sort of of stuff that maybe one or two items are here and there but i i like to think that you know kind of diving all the way in and and representing stuff like we do i like to think that we were one of the first ones to bring it to the restaurant scene yeah and and if you talk to anybody probably during that time they would have probably said that's risky to do but man it's worked out for you big time because now 
it's become such a huge thing. So, yeah, you said you keep saying San Antonio is that that's where you grew up, right? Yeah, that's where I'm from. Yeah, I was born in Ray. Well, I was, you know, born at Santa Rosa Hospital downtown, and I, you know, grew up on the south side of San Antonio. I ended up my family moved to North Central. I graduated from Lee High School in '99. Okay, okay. Yeah, my wife and her family are all from San Antonio also, so she went to Jefferson, and so I'm like, oh, cool, man. So you're from the place where, like, Tex-Mex is king there, you know? You go to San Antonio, you can find some awesome food all over the all over that city. So for a guy to kind of start this whole Tex-Mex barbecue movement, coming from San Antonio is the right place to come from. Is that where your wife's from, too, or are you... You just nah, brought her, my, my yeah. wife's from Dallas. Okay. She's from the Dallas area, but yeah, man, that was like the you know that was probably the scariest thing I guess in the be- in the beginning. You know, I mean, when we opened up, I didn't I've eaten barbecue my whole life. I'd say ninety percent of it is in with is in my family's backyard or mm-hmm. friends' backyard. You know, we hit up places in Lockhart throughout from time to time once in a while, but growing up. I didn't go out to eat much. We ate at home, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, two things w- were, like, pretty, that they kind of, there were the two scariest things. Was Number one was my dad saying, hey, I don't know how people are going to, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work. I mean, that's how we eat, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, you know, my, my dad's a little old school and, like, kind of a little skeptical. You know, he's a, you know, nine to five, hardworking man, just worked his whole life finish mm-hmm. a, a job retire and you know that kind of stuff but uh you know i don't know if people are gonna how people are gonna take it i mean that's a we that's how we eat at home you know and the other thing was throwing the, the word tex-mex in there mm-hmm. because uh you know i didn't want to be classified as someplace like you know the serranos or on the border and stuff like that <laughs> and like oh you're gonna throw cheese all over everything and all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, so those things were kind of like, well, all right, well, we'll just, you know, do our thing and and re- and represent what I feel and how I grew up eating. And I told my dad, you know, you say that's how I eat, but what do you crave? You know, you know, the Chicanos and Tejanos and stuff, Mexicans in general, just you know, a very kind of prideful and boastful culture. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was like, you always brag about how good your food is and how you can't get this stuff anywhere. So, what makes you not think that other people would want to enjoy that too? Mm-hmm. You know, so I, that's kind of, you know, that was it. But being in Austin at the time, and I didn't open up because I wanted because of any barbecue trend, or because these other barbecue places were popping off. And you know, I'm gonna, I didn't actually didn't even know who Aaron was at the time. Mm-hmm. I was kind of more in this upscale, casual, fine dining kind of idea and business, my mentality I was working all the time. And uh, I did actually eat at Aaron's place before we opened up. And I, I went on a little kind of like barbecue little tour myself about six months before we opened. But uh, we had to be good enough to represent and stand up to the barbecue joints in and around Austin because it's some of the best around in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. But I also had to represent and stand up to every little Mexican restaurant in San Antonio that you can pop in, like you said, almost anywhere. And you can get fluffy flour tortillas. You can get some good guisadas, some barbacoa, some arroz con pollo, some lenguas, some tripas. You can pop into all these places and get some delicious food. 
So mm-hmm. I had to be able to represent for both, you know? And that yeah. was probably one of the most daunting things right there was to be able to, you know what? Our barbecue has to stand up to other people's barbecue. And our rice, our beans, our tortillas, any specials that we do, barbacoa, it has to be just as good or better than anything I ever ate in San Antonio. <laughs> Damn, dude. Like, I didn't even think about all of that, but you're you're right, dude. Like you you have to appeal to the masses that that are the big barbecue fans and then the the mexicanos or the tejanos that are used to their tex-mex food so it was double hard for you because (laughs) you're trying to hit not only not only this these fans but the other fans as well but man you've done such an awesome job and and now created so much attention for yourself you're a top 50 barbecue joint uh you were just on that uh what is the triple d Diners, di- drive-ins, and dives with Guy Fieri, uh, which I watched from my house, and I'm like, I know that guy. <laughs> you know, it was, it's just incredible. And and you know, you bringing up Aaron Franklin, I remember listening to a podcast or watching something, uh, maybe one of his specials. I don't, I don't remember, but somebody asked him, where do you go to eat barbecue? You know, other than your place. I mean, do you go to any other places? And I remember this is a long time ago. I, I don't remember how many years ago it was, but I remember him saying, he's like, I love going to Valentina's and and eating their food is just incredible. And I, I thought, man, that's got to be the biggest compliment that you can get if you're in barbecue, that you have the guy, the, the barbecue legend, you know, that says that you're the place that he likes to go eat barbecue at. How, how did that make you feel? I mean, that was, that's awesome, man. I mean, I have a lot of respect for Aaron because, uh, you know, like I said, I didn't really know who he was. He had been open maybe a few years before I was open. And when I, you know, found, when I came to know who he was and ate his food and saw what he was doing and what he, how he started and how he tried to try and change the game a little bit, uh, it, it was it was awesome. This is pretty funny because you know we're like, like this guy's a man. He's 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 good. He's getting all this praise, all this stuff, and he's has got all these awards, accolades, and recognition so quickly, so fast. His food is on point, and uh, I remember the first day where he had come by. It was actually kind of like an afternoon, like maybe almost twelve, like one o'clock or two o'clock during the week, and I popped out. I was cutting brisket. I looked over and I was like. Yo, that's Aaron Franklin. He's eating our food. Let's see what's up. <laughs> so I, I remember, you know, going talking to him. He sat down at Starboard, had a beer, you know, ate some of our food. We chatted for a bit. Super nice guy. And then he, you know, he took off. He said, hey, everything was really good, man. I'm really, I'm actually, what he, I remember him saying, I'm glad it's as good as people told me it was. Wow. That, that was cool. You know, <laughs> and then it comes time later on. It's like he came by with uh, I ended up becoming, you know, friends with him. And he brought Billy Dirty from New York out of hometown barbecue. Jeez. He kept brought Billy a few months later or a month later, something like that. And he comes up to me. He's like, hey, I'm going to do this event in Portland. And would you like to make some tortillas for me? And I was like, hell, yeah, I would. <laughs> and then, you know, so he's like, you know, so how much is it going to be? And I was like, look, man. I won't charge you for them. I, all I ask is one thing. I'll give you a shirt and represent and let, let people know up in Portland that we made the tortillas for you. Badass. So that was pretty cool, man. It turns out it's, it's, it's awesome to see him at Franklin every once in a while, and he's over there. He'll be sporting our shirt. I've seen it on a couple of shows. 
it means a lot when someone like that represents us. And, you know, I have nothing but good things to say about him and what he's done in barbecue. And it was a, it was a really cool feeling being able to get the respect of someone like that. That's awesome, man. Hey, one thing that I like to talk a lot about is, is kind of the pits and pit progression. I know you have a lot of really cool names for your pits and we'll talk about that, but can you talk to us a little bit about kind of how you started and what, you know, your pits and the progression? Yeah. Um, so in the very beginning, I opened up with, uh, two kind of pretty crappy smokers. You know, a lot of people call them cookers, pits. I use the word smoker and pit a lot. This is what my dad used to say. So, Mm -hmm. uh, my dad had a propane tank that was built and, uh, a long time ago, it's a small one. It's made it. So 200 gallon and it had this other little smoke stack on it that you could open up and like hang some sausage or fit a a pot in for some corn or sauce or something so that one was actually built by a friend of his years and years ago and when we opened up he said here you can have this to start and then i also purchased one from his friend that was uh like a 500 gallon no it was like a little fatty. I don't really remember how, how big, how many gallons it was, but it was maybe half the size of a 500-gallon. Mm-hmm. And uh, same kind of thing. It had the exact same kind of smokestack on the side that had like this barrel so you could fit a pot inside of it. So I opened up with those two deals, and that smaller one from my father was inside the barbecue trailer that we prep out of right now. And uh, they they did the job in the beginning, but I think, that's kind of gotten me to where I am, I think, by being able, I mean, I cooked on stuff from HEB, the, you know, the barrels and just scooting wood off to the side, not even using a firebox. And mm-hmm. I've smoked on Weber's, I've smoked over open fires and just kind of doing different techniques. And I think that being able, using just what I had and making it work has, you know, Add, added to our, our techniques and, and, and our, our the quality of our food. And it's taught me a lot on being able to kind of cook on anything, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but those two pits weren't my choice in the beginning. It's what I started with. I opened up with, you know, very, very little cash flow and had maybe 40 grand in the bank to start to get me through six months. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up, meeting i met this guy who was delivering me wood he was a wood worker he introduced me i saw one of his pits that he had in his backyard and i was like you know where'd you get that from how did you make that it's like no mm-hmm. there's this guy out in poteet and he's a welder and he builds pits i was like cool so i ended up getting this contact from this gentleman out in poteet and him and i talked and he built our first pit for us i had very little kind of uh, input on the design. All I did is I told him I needed to be at least 10 feet long. It looks like he was using 30-inch uh, rolled steel at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I need a, I need a, a pit that's 10 feet long. I was in the alley at Starbar at the time, so I couldn't put no 1,000-gallon pit back mm-hmm. there. And uh, so this barbecue pit, was the smoker was built on a custom little trailer where he had cut the axle in half and made it smaller because it needed to fit in the alley back there. Mm-hmm. And you have to have them screened in. So I built it and I built a screen around it. You couldn't walk inside this one. We actually still have it. 
where I I rigged it up to where the screen was built around it, and we could and we dropped the screen down and had these doors on it, so it was all enclosed when it was cooking. Health department passed it, did the job, so that was the first one. But we, it was built. It, it's ten feet long on the actual barrel itself. It has a square uh, firebox that allows room for me to work with the mesquite wood because I'll talk about that here in a second. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's about there are two feet it was two feet by two feet at the time and it has two eight inch smokestacks on it that go up about four and a half feet and i saw it as oh awesome badass this is gonna work this is gonna do the job and as i start smoking and cooking on it every day i'm like these smokestacks are wrong these are not right you know mm-hmm. uh, and they were too small they were hard to clean and and it did the job for us, and it still does the job. Right now, it only takes bar- it takes our vegetables and barbecue sauce is what it cooks now. But mm-hmm. um, so I started kind of looking at other people's pits and stuff too. I went back and looked at my uncles and my cousins that they had in the backyard that they built off propane and stuff. And uh, I kind of started just sketching out my design, really to try and have it look a little bit different than everybody else's. You know, I think that. I think that people like Moberg and uh, what are the guys out in Lockhart? Um, Millscale. Millscale. Man, those guys are awesome, man. Millscale's, I've mm-hmm. gotten to know those guys recently, too. Aaron's designs. They're all really mm-hmm. good, and, they, and they're, they're, they're very similar to each other, you know? Mm-hmm. But everyone has their own little touches and stuff that they do. I started sketching mine out based off what I grew up around. I grew up with the square box on them, and... I kind of wanted to keep it that way. Uh, the smokestack, I wanted for aesthetics, really, to match the firebox and kind of have, like, square, circular, square. And mm-hmm. the next ones we designed, we had uh, some ca- counterweights put on it, and it was the same size, but it was a little bit longer, and it had one fat square stack on it. And those are going to be eight inches by you know eight by eight on the on the square stack going up and they go and that one went up about six feet and that one worked a lot better it held the temp and it was going you know pretty even all the way across i never really cooked on that first chamber and then i turned that one took off the counterweights went up to 36 inch barrels kind of kept the design the same but i made the fireboxes bigger um and the smokestacks went up higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two big ones that we have right now, Cobain and Cornell, they're named after my favorite, uh, you know, some of my favorite lead singers of some rock bands. <laughs> and, uh, so we got Cornell and Cobain are the two big boys that are my final one. Like basically they're about there on my final design on how I like them to the airflow and, and, you know, the cooking and the temp holding and uh, I don't use an insulated firebox. I like the room inside of there. I burn with mesquite. Now, this is just from my own trial and error and cooking and experience. I don't have – and I, it's not anything written in stone. But for me personally, the, from my experience, the bigger firebox with the room inside of it allows me to be able to get a nice roaring fire for that mesquite wood. And almost kind of have the idea, you know, when people cook whole hogs mm-hmm. and they're using a burn barrel, 
Mm-hmm. And they're shoveling coals for the heat, you know. Yep. With the mesquite wood, it's it's a delicate. It's it's, it's for using it for long cooks. You want to make sure that your wood is burning and it's not going to overpower. You're not going to get too much smoke or dirty smoke. Or you're not going to overpower the meat because the mesquite's strong. Mm-hmm. And, and it does burn hot. The bigger fireboxes allow me to be able to maneuver and burn and scoot the, the coals over and cook with a combination. Like, this is nothing new. Everyone's cooking with a combination of coals and wood, you know? But mm-hmm. I kind of have a bigger type of... Uh, a fire going on in there to where the heat from the coals is going to hold my tent instead of really having logs of wood in there all the time. And then I'm adding the logs of wood to burn and they conduct that heat. And I'm kind of keeping, you know, a few pieces in there at a time. So I'm not just straight burning so much wood. It's going to overpower, overpower the, the meat. Everyone is using post oak. Even a lot of these guys that are Tex-Mex barbecue folks are still using the post oak, right? I mean, a lot a lot of folks, especially in Texas, right, are using the post oak. Have you ever thought about switching, or has anybody ever tried to influence you to go that way? Uh, no, you know, it's, I've, I've never thought about switching, although at home or somewhere else, I like to use different blends just for my own kind of, you know, playing around, you know. Mm-hmm. I do cook at home with maybe some hickory or pecan or post oak once in a while. But I grew up on mesquite, man. We had those trees around us. I used to be able to get it for free. Now I pay an arm and a leg for it. <laughs> but, yeah. You no, know, no one's really tried to get me to switch. I like. I, I'm pretty happy when people ask me what I use if they're not kind of in tune to what's going on. And I tell them I'm cooking 100% mesquite or people come like, hey, use mesquite, right? Man, it's awesome the flavor you get off of it. It's not, I, 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 I like hearing, and I get a, a lot of people are always pleasantly surprised to taste our barbecue and then find out that we use 100% mesquite. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I think I, for, on, on that aspect, I think we get a lot of love for using mesquite, and I don't really have too many haters on it. And the people who don't prefer that, that flavor on it, and there's lots of great barbecue joints out there. No hard feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love it myself. I grew up in West Texas in Abilene, and and you know when my dad was doing a carne asada or or anytime you ever went to go eat somewhere, it was always mesquite because there was an abundance of it, and and that's just what we grew up with. And and so going to your place, it again, it takes me back. It takes a lot of people that grew up with the Mexican culture. It takes you back because the smells, the food, the salsas that you make, uh, your menu. I mean, every everything that you're cooking just brings you back to another place. And that's why every time I go to Texas, I have to go to Valentina's either when I get there or when I leave or maybe both and something in between because I just love it so much. So um, thank you for, for keeping it the way that we grew up with because there's no other place like it. So Thanks again, uh, Miguel. <laughs> hey, y'all, man. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, I appreciate everybody who supports us, man. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your menu, man. I've been fortunate enough to go through a lot of it. You you mentioned the Fidel earlier. Yeah. That, that was freaking incredible. One of my friends was like, what is that out here in California? I was like, what is that, spaghetti? Or was like, no, man, that's Fidel. <laughs> and then, of course, my real deal, Holyfield. And then the the hamburgers that have the cheese and stuff. I, I, I think, when do you have the hamburgers? We have them on Thursdays. On Thursdays. Thursdays. All right. So I made it on a Thursday, but it was too late. And so by the time I got there, I think you were already sold out. 
but uh, you do you do barbacoa. I think you've done some carne guisada. Let's talk, let's talk a little bit about all of the creative things that you're doing. Well, the menu itself is pretty basic. You know, the idea, like I said before, was to stand up to Texas barbecue and the Mexican heritage, right? The barbecue traditionally is served meat, some sauce, no sauce, some bread. That's it. Very simple. Maybe some pickles and onions on the side. So our tacos have to be representative of that, too. Yeah. You know, the brisket taco is brisket, a little bit of avocado or guacamole. We call it sea, sea salt, lime guacamole, but, you know, the avocado with salt and mm-hmm. a little and our, and our salsa. Now, it's very simple. It's two companies. We don't really put anything on it. And that's this is our, our main menu on the board. It's very simple. Smoke carnitas is we're using our pork butts, smoking them and shredding them up. And then putting caramelized onions with cilantro and onion on it, a little tomatillo sauce. Like, the tacos are simple, you know? Mm-hmm. Very simple, not too much on them. So you can get a little bit of the Mexican flavor, the influence, and then you can taste the barbecue. You need to be able to taste the barbecue when you're eating a taco. And, yeah. of course, the tortilla is our replacement for the white bread, you know? Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. the menu is very simple. We have our tech side with sandwiches that are pretty traditional. Then we have our Mex side with the tacos. But what I like to do is be creative and allow features and keep it interesting. We have a circulation of regular specials that are are constantly on rotation. And then we have some that I just come with on the fly and I do every once in a while. And then I have some that have specific days that you know you can get every time. Mm -hmm. We make guisada out of our brisket trimmings that we do. So I like to trim our briskets so they are all about the same size and same weight and same shape. That way when we cook, we're cooking pretty even. And we know that they're all coming off all around the same time. Now you can't control all of them. Some of them are bigger and smaller and we put those in our hot and cold spots, of course. But all the trim that comes off the brisket, we save and we make tallow or we make beef tips that we smoke we'll smoke the guisada we'll smoke the beef tips for about 10 12 hours pull it off and then we use the barbacoa jus that we make every sunday as a starter for our gravy in the guisada Mm. and that is (laughs) that's made kind of like when we have excess meat so you won't see it every day or maybe sometimes you won't see it for a week or two and then you might see it for three days straight Mm. Uh, well (laughs) <laughs> i'm over here my mouth is watering while yeah. you're talking man. I, i've had some of that guisada and you know what that hasn't made its way out to california so whenever i get back to texas i have to go get carne guisada but that that's one of my favorite things that i mean that i grew up with and i i loved it at your place along with everything else it's just yeah it's just crazy i appreciate it man yeah so that that's one of them. Uh, every Thursday, we're, we're still using some of the we're using the trim. We don't order any extra uh, meats or any grind or any ground beef for the burgers. It's all coming off our Hartley Ranch, uh, you know, prime uh, brisket that we have. And so we're grinding our own meat with the trim, and we're producing as what as many burgers as we can. That's why we run out on Thursday. Sometimes we're able to get. 65 or 70 sometimes we're able to get 100 120 we make as many burgers as we can that we're allowed to off the meat that we we have zero waste and when they're done they're done but who doesn't like a good burger you know what i'm saying (laughs) shit no matter what no matter what (laughs) culture you know (laughs) hell yeah that's part of the whole tex-mex that's part of the tex 
Yeah. yeah, you can go to almost any Mexican or Tex-Mex restaurant in Austin, San, anywhere, really, San Antonio, and you're going to get a, there's a burger on the menu, you know? Oh, yeah, I got some aguacate on it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, I know. So I, I like to play with that burger, and we have similar ingredients that we kind of keep it with, but, you know, every once in a while, we'll use borson or goat cheese or Oaxaca, maybe stuff it with brisket sometimes, or chorizo or bacon, sometimes it has pico de gallo, it mm. just kind of... Kind of what we're feeling and seeing what we have, we like to make sure that we go through a rotation of our stuff. So if something is, uh, hey, this this came in yesterday and we need to make sure it's done so we get the fresh stuff in, we'll use it and cook it. Make sure we go through our product and and kind of see what ingredients we can put in there. Um, Sunday morning you have barbacoa every Sunday. That's kind of traditional, for, you know. I don't like to serve cheeks or barbacoa any other day except Sunday. I, I picked up about two pounds last time I was there and brought it over to my sister's house, who thankfully lives about maybe five minutes from your place. And my <laughs> my parents were in town, and my sister, brother-in-law, all them were there. And uh, man, it was it was killer. Everyone was like, "Oh my God, where did you get this?" <laughs> like Valentina's, you know the you know the place that I go to all the time when I'm here. But yeah, dude, you're you're killing it. Everything that you do. I don't think I've ever had a bad bite at your place. You know, that that real deal holy field for me is like the best taco ever. You know, I, I try to do them here at my house, um, which is never nearly as good. You know, I, if I go eat brisket somewhere, I'll try to bring some leftovers so I can try to make it here. But it's it's never the same. It doesn't have that mesquite on there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that taco was, you know, my dad's favorite breakfast is uh huevos rancheros and uh he had asked me to make him some huevos rancheros one day it was like a just before we were doing breakfast every day mm-hmm. we were, i was maybe doing it on saturday and sunday at the time and uh i was like oh come on man i'm busy trying to get ready for for work and all that stuff so i was like of course it's my dad you know what sure so i go in and you know i had the ingredients for it because i ha- i use that stuff and so i was using some of that stuff or whatever i think it was a friday we had our some product in for saturday morning breakfast so I start making some Wells Vangelos, and in the middle of it, I'm like, man, I'm going to make this dude a fat taco with all this stuff in it. <laughs> I was like, whatever, man. It's like, he has, I'm going to do it my style, you know? So I just started plating it for him, and I roll a tortilla out a little bit bigger than our normal ones. And just, you know, so I put the beans, potatoes, made a fried egg with some of our red salsa on it. And at the very end, I had made some bacon. And at the very end, I was like, ah, I'm going to put a big old fat slice of brisket on it for him, right? So... <laughs> So I put it in front of him. He's like, what's that? And I was like, that's the real deal. Holyfield. <laughs> and uh, it was kind of a joke at first. It was me, you know, doing something for my father, but then trying to take it up a notch and the, the banter and the, 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 the trash talking all at the same time, you know. Mm-hmm. So I put that out in front of him. He was like, man, that's awesome. That was good. And I was like, you know what? We're going to put that on a special tomorrow morning. That's going to be a breakfast feature tomorrow. <laughs> and that was the end right there <laughs> so send my thanks to your dad yeah. for, for asking for that you know sometimes i'll throw an extra egg on mine but uh, oh my god dude that's I, I i love that so much and anyone that ever asked me where should i go get tacos or where should i go um eat some breakfast or or go eat barbecue valentina's is, is at the top of my list i, I love that place and, uh, you know, for for the folks that have never been out there, can you kind of talk to us a little bit about how the layout is? I know you have several kind of pits on the right side. and 
Yeah, um, well, we're located in way south Austin. You know, we're off Menchaca Road, south of Slaughter Lane, just before uh, 1626. So we're kind of like in between, you know, I guess, Buda and south Austin, but just right down on Menchaca Road. So when you come down, you'll see, you'll notice a circular white sign, our logo with Valentina's, and you'll notice the pits right away. You have uh, four trailers there with barbecue pits on them then you kind of if you're coming from north you're going to hang a right coming from south you hang a left and our joints on the right you pull in there's a fairly small parking lot it fits about maybe 15 20 cars and then you're able to park all the way down the street as much as you can and after that you got to find parking wherever you can sometimes people park at the academy across the street luckily they don't give us too much grief about it but uh, you walk up, and we have two trailers that we operate out of. So we have four barbecue pits on food on, on trailers that we built. And then we have a service trailer, and then we have a prep trailer. The service trailer is noticeable. There's a, a line that kind of goes underneath this blue house that we only use for our office and some storage. And you'll see kind of like this blue house with two trailers in front that are the service trailers and then the barbecue pits along the side and going up towards the the front of the property um we have a barn area in the back that is covered and screened in with about four tvs and picnic tables and decorations and 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 all that good stuff on there and uh, then we have a little front dining area that's this um you know kind of like a carport temporary structure patio with lights underneath the picnic tables there so you have outdoor seating and you kind of have like this indoor outdoor barn area and uh what you do is you come get to make your way to the line you order at our window and we hand you a number you go sit down wherever you're at and we bring the food out to you we operate kind of like a fast casual restaurant and you got little yetis on the side where you can grab your own sodas or drinks yeah and it just it's such a cool concept and spot because you know you still get the whole trailer feel of it but but you guys are running such a cool operation there i've i've watched soccer games inside the little barn area and uh yeah i've, I've just enjoyed my time there uh i remember going to, to brody which was you know you, you guys had a um, little trailer on the side of the road there too which was yeah this is kind of like a bigger version of that, which is awesome. Yeah, so the best way maybe I could describe it is, like, we are ba- a hybrid between a restaurant and food trailer. We're not mm-hmm. a typical just food trailer, you know? So, like, that kind of – if you want a job here, you're very ready to work like you're at a full-blown restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you come eat here, you'll be – it's a hybrid, man. So we have – basically, the best way is, like, we've built our own food park. Mm-hmm. That's you exactly know. right. That's a good good analogy. We've kind of built our own food park. Be prepared to use porta potties because we don't have restrooms. We do have, you know, the hand washing sinks available. So you know, if you're coming to Valentina's, don't ask me where the restrooms are. We have porta potties in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Pet friendly too. I've I've seen some pets out there, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's so Austin, so Austin for sure. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, and. As of right now, I'm driving around a 61 Apache. So if you see that out front, you know I'm here. You can say what's up. <laughs> there you go. And what are the plans 
next are you planning to do a, a brick and mortar spot or are you uh are you going to stick it out there for a while or what's next for valentinas well, and the idea when we moved to this property was to build out this house that's on here and build this out to be um, our, our brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. That's kind of – there's a lot of red tape going on. There's some stuff that's out of my control. And after being here for two years now, we've uh, – almost two and a half years now. Wow. We have basically outgrown the space, especially on the weekends when it comes to parking and stuff. So – that we're actually looking for some acreage right now. I never want to build a second Valentina's, but I would like to be able to have more room and some land for events, for family gatherings, for parties and weddings, and be able to have this cool kind of like ranch community type going on where kids can come out and play, you can hang out. Maybe you can be able to, instead of standing in line for a barbecue, you'll be able to stand, like, it's going to be the same setup. The idea is the same setup, but I would like to have some, like, live fire going on where you can come up and get two or three items that we're doing and only get, like, maybe street tacos and a slider where you don't have to wait in the long line for the barbecue if you want to hang out and get a snack. Uh, You know, so right now we are looking for some acreage and, I am in the middle of some negotiation. Let's see if it, if it happens, it happens. If not, I'm going to stick it out here and keep doing what I'm doing and be patient. And one day when it's all ready to roll, I'll, I'll make sure I let everybody know. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, that, what you just explained sounds like a dream for me. Uh, you know, I grew up going to like Jamaica's and stuff after church. And uh, yeah, dude, that, that sounds like, it would be incredible. So good luck to you there, man. I hope everything works out. You know, you're one of the hardest working guys. Every time I go, you're there or you're running an errand because, you know, you're working on something. Um, you have a beautiful family and you're you're having a lot of success. Seeing you on that show with Guy Fieri, to me, I was like, I was so proud because I'm like, man, I've seen this guy come from this little trailer behind a bar to where he is now and you're one of my favorite places bar none i'm always going to be a fan i'm always going to be there and i really appreciate you coming on the show and uh and sharing a little bit with us man well i appreciate that too thanks for inviting me you know and everyone that i've met throughout this journey right now has been pretty gracious you know maybe there's been one or two here and there but for the most part everyone that i meet not just barbecue, but just in this in the culinary world in general, is always pretty awesome and willing to share. And the most important thing that I like to spread or I want Valentina's to be about and what Valentina's is about is family, like you said, right? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't do this to be the best at barbecue. I don't do it to be the best at Mexican food. I do it to be able to share how I grew up and what family means to me. And to be able to try and do something that I think I'm good at and do it the best that I can and be able to have families and enjoy themselves. I want people to come and be able to take themselves back when they were a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, everything that we do, we tell our, 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 all of our employees, all of our, our, our guys are told that everything's hecho con amor, made with love, right? Everything. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love when that. They, when they stare out that window or they talk to people, every in every pre-shift I'm saying – those people that we're serving, our guests, you have to put your mom, your dad, your uncle, your grandfather, 
your boyfriend, your girlfriend, anyone, your Thea, your Theo, anyone that's special to you in your life, you have to put their face on them because mm-hmm. we have to we, we're paying them back for everything that they've done for us. That's yep. how we need to approach it. And Absolutely. So, well said, brother. I know. Um that that's that's so cool. And and big shout out to your beautiful wife Modesty, who oh, is yeah. has been there from the very beginning with you. Uh, to your kids, uh, you, we were just talking before we started recording about how you're running around with your kids. You still yeah. have to be a dad. You still have to be a husband. Yeah. <laughs> and you're open, what, seven days a week? Well, we just decided to start closing on Tuesdays a few months ago. Okay, okay. So, so every six days, Tuesday. that's still a lot. And six days a week, we do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. God, that's crazy. Yeah. But, you know, I couldn't do it without my wife, man. My wife yeah. is the best partner, and then... My brother has become our lead pit master now, and my sister is one of our lead prep girls. And, you know, I have a couple cousins that have stuck it out with me since the beginning, and I'm pretty happy with them because I'm pretty hard on those people, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, the, they're the closest to me, and I'm the hardest on them. You know, they're the one they're receiving messages from me at 2 in the morning when they're trying to sleep, and I'm up here looking at stuff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> is that is your brother Elias? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, my brother Elias and then uh, Adriana's my sister and, uh, you know, Alfonso and, and Steve, those guys are my cousins and they have a big part of, of what we produce here, man. So That's awesome, man. And you guys have how many kiddos? We have three. We did used to have this place called the Violet Taco that was more Mexican food and San Antonio taco inspired with a little bit of Austin flavor to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only reason why we shut that down was that when we moved Valentina's to this location we're at now, Menchaca Road, I moved Valentina, uh, the Violet Taco from, we opened it up on the east side. I put it at Star Bar when I moved Valentina's. And then when I moved Valentina's from Brody to Menchaca, I put the Violet Taco at Brody. Mm-hmm. And both of them, Valentina's, like I, in a, in a week's time with the more space and the added bigger pits, I was like crazy busy and I didn't want to close at two and three o'clock. I wanted to serve dinner to the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. The Violet Taco was crazy busy at Brody where I was pulling in numbers by three o'clock and downtown, it would take me all the way to two in the morning to get those numbers. <sighs> and it's just the family in the neighborhood, man. They are super supportive and the Violet Taco was crazy busy. I was tearing myself up going from the Violet Taco lunchtime to Valentina's and barbecuing overnight and then going back in and prepping. And we had a small crew. So I decided to take the Violet Taco trailer, bring it to Valentina's. And the seven people I had on staff over there, I brought them to Valentina's so we would double our staff. And then that gave us about 14 people at the time. Dang. So we shut that down because we were. I wanted to concentrate on Valentina's, which had made really already started making its name, and and mm-hmm. and it was the more, it was the busier and more successful restaurant at the time. And uh, Violet Taco was getting there, man. It was it was really at Violet Taco. You could get stuff homemade corn tortillas, homemade flour tortillas, beef picadillo tacos, shrimp tacos, al pastor, pork, uh, pork and beef uh, guisada. It was it was it was really a nice place, man. But uh, we can be on the lookout for that. That's gonna come back. There you go. That's awesome. That's great yeah. news, man. Well, the Violet Taco will come back either as a rolling food truck that will be pop up whenever we feel like popping it up, or if we get those acre that acreage I'm talking about, 
<clears throat> I might pop the Vida Taco on that property and have it as an evening Mexican restaurant. Ooh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, man. You are where you are because you bust your ass and you have the support system that you have. And man, there's anyone that's listening to listening to this has to be inspired and, and has to know that it doesn't come easy. You've worked your ass off to get to where you are now and, and you continue to, to bust your ass. So congratulations. One thing that I always like to do before I sign off is I like to ask a question. It's, what can you tell us about yourself that maybe most people don't know about you? Huh. Well, most people probably don't know that my favorite food is Italian food. <laughs> really? <laughs> and, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> I make homemade pasta for my kids at home. Oh, wow. And, nice. Uh, you know, I, I really love the cure cured meats and and i love the reason i love italian food because it's so similar to mexican and barbecue as far as the when you cook you use a few basic ingredients to create so much flavor Mm -hmm. and it's very simple you with with two and three ingredients you can make something taste so awesome you know what i mean yeah when you when you're using garlic and onion and salt i mean what else you know (laughs) a little (laughs) bit of pepper Hell yeah, that's so awesome, man. Yeah, I love Italian food. I make homemade pasta at home. Um, I watch trash TV with my wife to veg out, like Real Housewives. I'll throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> which which one's your favorite? No, man. Oh, the Real Housewives? It has to yeah. be uh, the Jersey, man. Dude, that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, that's my favorite too, man. So we watched uh, that Vanderpump Rules because it reminds me when I was uh, a waiter in the restaurant industry. I see every personality I've ever met on that TV show, too. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I, I'm not very good anymore, but I play music. I play electric guitar. I like to put it on volume 13 and play as loud as I can. <laughs> so that's part of the uh the whole uh barbecue pits what are the name of all the pit all the pits that you have by the so way? we have uh maynard from tool yeah and we have chino from the deftones which is my favorite band and i was lucky enough to serve barbecue and hang out with them last year during acl <laughs> and wow. yeah man that was that was a pretty trip that was a trip right there Killer. That was a dream country man and then we have cobain Obviously, Kurt Cobain, yeah. and then we have uh, Cornell. Um, That's so cool, man. That when we met Chino, man, that was crazy because my social media girl, my wife's best friend Morgan, was like, "Hey, uh, everyone, tag Deftones. They're in town for ACL. Let's get them to Valentina's. It's Miguel's favorite band." And I thought it was pretty funny that they did that. I didn't ask her to do it; she just did it. I was like, "I'm cool with that. It's cool. Let's see what happens." <laughs> we they started to everyone on our. The social media started tagging the Deftones and saying, hey, go to Valentina's, go to Valentina's, go to Valentina's. And we blew up. Like, their Instagram blew up from us, right? Oh, man. And uh, Chino's wife had messaged my wife on Instagram and said, hey, uh, so what's up? What's going on? Let's see if we can get some bar- you guys to get some barbecue out here for the guys. So one thing led to another. Cool. Come out to the backstage. It turns out half the band's vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> But, but it's all it's all good, man. I hung out, got to, they were nice guys. I got to we kick back, serve Chino's family. 
I kicked it with Chino for a little bit. That was that was uh I don't get very starstruck very much, but that was one of the times where I was like a little a little taken aback. <laughs> Hell, if you'd have known, you'd have made him some pasta. Shit. Shit. I did have <laughs> I did bring some roasted corn and some slaw. I offered some some veggie tacos. <laughs> nah, but, you you know, hey, at least Chino ate our brisket. That's all that matters. Hey, there you go, man. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, brother. Hey, wh- where can people find you on uh, social media? Not that you need uh, any introduction. Everybody knows Valentino's already. But I have a lot of folks out here in the, in Southern Cal that are definitely wanna wanna follow you. Social media. Your address, your hours. You already said you're open every every day, uh, except Tuesday. But uh, yeah, you can go to our website. is always the best way for information. Or or our Instagram or Facebook. Our our website is uh, ValentinasTexMexBarbecue.com, and on there you have links to menus or caterings or any of that good stuff that you want to find out. We put out a newsletter once a month if you sign up. I believe our our handles for Instagram are are at ValentinasTexMexBarbecue. Badass. By the way, I have a bone to pick with you. You're out of OG Tex-Mex barbecue t-shirts. <laughs> oh, dude. O- o- online? Yeah, online, dude. I, I uh, got to get one of those, man. Okay, I'll put one aside for you because I have some that came in there at my house. I'm going to bring up and we're going to re-up. Yeah, dude. Get, get a gordito size, man. Okay. I'll uh, I'll see you in, uh, in a couple of weeks. I'll actually be there on the 19th, 20th. All right, awesome, and, man. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure I put one aside for you. Oh, and you're going to be at the Texas uh, at the Texas Monthly Barbecue Festival, right? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I think the weekend of November first and second or something like that. Okay, perfect. At, at that thing, at that thing, I'm think I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm not going to do some Tex-Mex barbecue. I'm going to throw a little different flavor in there. Badass! I can't wait, man. I can't wait. Well, thanks again, my brother. I've like I said, I've always been a fan of yours. I always will be. I can't wait to see you again. And again, thanks for thanks for coming on, bro. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. You bet, buddy. Take care. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the iCrush Barbecue Show. Tune in next week for a recap of our Tex-Mex Barbecue Series. If you miss an episode or if you just want to get a rundown of the interviews, next week's show is for you. By the way, I'll be in Rockdale, Texas on Sunday, October 20th, celebrating Brett's Backyard Barbecue's one-year anniversary. He's got an incredible lineup that includes some badass pitmasters from across the state, even one of my buddies from California. If you'd like to purchase tickets, I'll post a link on social media, or you can follow Brett at Brett's Backyard BBQ on Instagram or Brett's Backyard Barbecue on Facebook. I hope to see you there. If you're enjoying the show and you want to help us spread the word, please leave us a five-star review. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast app and follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Show, or just email me at show at gmail.com. Don't forget to tag us with your favorite picks. We'd love to see what you're crushing. Until next time, keep crushing that cue.